<laughs> I wish she could be here with me, and uh, you will love her. She's much nicer than me. <laughs> when I'm thinking about what should I share with you, I, I want to share with you the, uh, the passion for Jesus and compassion for the lost people. We live on this earth because something happened in our lives. God saved you, changed your life, maybe delivered you, maybe set free, maybe healed you. But for sure, he saved your life. And you hold a great testimony that you can use this testimony to reach others for the Lord. So I want to share with you the power of your and my testimony. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, we read this. Chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they, who they? You and me. And they overcame him by the blood and by the word, by the blood of the lamp and by the word of the testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. I like this. And they didn't didn't love their lives to the death. Every one of us is called to give testimony. Maybe not everyone can stay in the front and teach and preach, but everyone for sure has at least one talent. At least one talent God gave you. That you can use this talent. That's your testimony. Amen. That's your testimony. And you can reach those who are lost, who are hurting, and hurting people. When you come out from this place, will be everywhere. And they need to hear something that will bring them hope. Life. Amen. You and me, we are living testimony on this earth. Life is short. And you have only one life. I have only one life. I don't want to miss in my life what God has called me to do. I want to be used by his power. So use your testimony as much as you can that others can be saved. And I tell you, there's always price to be paid. You know, Jesus said the story about the walking one mile. You know that story, yes? It's interesting, the history behind that. I don't know if you heard this history behind it, but, the, uh, you know, the, when the uh, Ro Roman soldier had equipment of 40 kilo, 88 pounds, holding that, he could stop anyone, Jewish person, and tell him to carry this, this stuff that he was carrying for one mile. And when one mile was over... This, this person can take this, this heavy stuff, leave it, and go and wouldn't be killed. And Jesus is telling them this. 
go with them two miles. Everyone can go one mile, but going two miles, it will cost you something. How much it will cost you? I tell you, it will cost you everything. Jesus paid for your and my sins, and he gave his life. He paid everything. So I'm telling you this, that I'm here, I'm standing here in the front of you because somebody paid the price. When my father was 18 years old, he was caught by KGB and he was sent into Siberia prison labor camp for 25 years to Gulag. Do you want if it's nice there or not? It's terrible. So when he was sent there, he was sent there for nothing. He was a young boy. The, the other young boys, they knew about some guns that they would dig down under the ground. They hide it. They belonged to the part, Polish partisans. And then KGB caught one boy. And this boy named other boys' names to these KGB guys. And they came for my father. And they sent him to Siberia to prison labor camp for 25 years. In the meantime, God is speaking to one preacher in the city Chernovice in Ukraine. And his name is Aurel Sarafinchan, Romanian brother, Christian man. And God is speaking to his life and he says this, be prepared and go there because I have people there. The next day, the KGB came and they said, we came for you. He said, I know. Who told you that? That was the high secret. There is no secret for my God. I'm packed. I'm ready. He was willing to go to Siberia to prison labor camp because of faith for 11 years. I was thinking sometimes, what would happen if God will speak to you today? I want you to go to Siberia, to prison labor camp. Come on. You know what would be my fault? Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Probably it's not from God. God will not do this. Not to me. <laughs> but this brother, he obeyed God. And I thank God that he was willing to pay the price. And he went to Siberia to prison labor camp where my father was. He met my father there. He was telling about God. My father says, I believe in God. And then he always had these roses, you know, the praying to, to Mary, you know, what, what he was doing. And then he said, I have my God. But something happened one day. Well, he was always happy, smiling. And one day he received the parcel and he received the bread. My father said this, we were always hungry. I was going to bed. I was dreaming about the fresh bread. I smell taste of the bread. I woke up and I was hungry. And then he said, and this man received the loaf of bread. He's taking this bread 
cutting into pieces and he's given away to others. So I couldn't understand that what he's doing. And then when, when, when my father saw this, it broke his heart. And my father gave his life to Christ in Siberia in prison labor camp. When he got saved, when he got saved in Siberia in prison labor camp, he said this, this prison labor camp became for me a paradise. I don't have to worry if I will stay here for the rest of my life. I found Christ. What a tremendous story of transformation. You want to hear more about it? You need to get a book. You can go and grab the book. I mean to buy the book. <laughs> when God sent grace to the Soviet gulag, it will touch your life. If you have some Polish people, and I know that almost half of you are Polish, you're my buddy. <laughs> uh, but they need to read this. Because it's not only because of my father, but because of what God has done in Siberia, in prison labor camp. And then they had hidden secret. And the Holy Spirit spoke through this brother, through this Christian brother. He said, we will leave this place soon. So they were telling everyone, we leave in this place. We go home. He said, no, no, you're crazy. Nobody leaves this place ever. The only one way that you leave this place, they will take you out from this place. He said, no, we live in this place. God told us. Six months later, Stalin died. It was first amnesty in the history of Russia. Amen. And they let my father go out. My father came back to Poland. And you can notice that my father left the prison, labor camp, because I'm standing here. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> he came to Poland, got married, and he planted the church in a totally new city with no other Protestant churches. That's what God is doing. Your testimony can touch other people's life. Whatever you do and wherever you go, you know, in our lives, we cannot allow to lose passion for Jesus and for the lost people. Amen. We can come to the church. It's a great, awesome time. We can rejoice. We can be in the presence of God. But you know what the God's heart is? Those that he died for them too. Those who they die for them. And then, and you hold something. You have something that God can use it to reach those who are hurting, those who are lost. And passion is like fire. It can be small. It can be big. When you add woods to the fireplace, it's bigger. When you add prayers and fasting, this passion is bigger and bigger. I want to run in my life with passion for Jesus. I was a very shy person when I was born. I was so shy that one day when I went to the dentist's office in Poland, you would be waiting to wait for the call from the nurse. So I was there at 8 in the morning, and there was 2 in the afternoon. There were about over 40 people, and I was just by myself at 2 o'clock. A nurse came out and said, boy, what's your name? I said, my name is Marek Kiebra. She said, I called your name so many times. Why you didn't respond? I was so shy to respond that here I am. 
And one day God is speaking to me. I want to use you so you can preach the gospel. I said, God, what are you doing? Are you sure? <laughs> if God can use me, he can use everyone. <laughs> I graduated University of Theology in Warsaw. And I was praying there. I said, God, please let me go to the Bible school where it's English language and very practical school. And God opened the door for me to Christ for the Nations in Dallas. So when one friend of mine heard about this, that I'm going there from Stockholm. His name is Carl Gustav Severin. He says, Marek, you go there? I said, yeah, I want to. He said, good. Here's the ticket. I will send you the ticket. You will fly from New York to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And listen, don't worry about anything. Everything is arranged. Somebody will pick you up. I'm the Christian. If somebody tells me, don't worry, I'm not worried. <laughs> so I've got the tickets. I've got, finally, I've got the visa, everything. And i flying to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Came. Nobody came. <laughs> I'm sitting at the airport five hours. Nobody came. Then I began to worry. I look at the calendar, I look at the notes, and I, and I found one card. And there was one Christian brother in my home church. He said, he was singing Christian uh, country music. He said this, when you will be in the States, give me a call. I said, okay. When I left Poland, I just only got 10 bucks. That was everything what they gave me. I spent on Coca-Cola and donut already. <laughs> and then, so I, I said, how can I call? <laughs> So I came to the lady in, this, in the airport, and I said, how can I call to this person uh, and, uh, that I don't have to pay? She told me, call collect. I said, what does it mean, call collect? And she told me, and so I'm calling him at 5 in the morning. And I said, Lowell, I'm so sorry I'm calling you, but I'm sitting at the airport. Nobody came. Somebody's supposed to pick me up, and I'm stuck. I don't have a return ticket. And he told me this, Marek, don't worry. I said, I know this word already. <laughs> and he arranged for me a pastor who came. And then in three days, I found that family. They were from Rema. They brought me to Broken Arrow. And then I was there for two weeks uh, with them. It was great, great time. And then I went to Christ for the Nations. And I was praying, God, uh, Use me. Do something in me. And after one year, uh, I decided to go home. But academic dean came to me and said, Marek, I want you to stay here for one more year with a full scholarship. Not work scholarship, full scholarship. And I said, I can't. Why? I said, well, there are two reasons. If I will stay here one more year, I wouldn't go back to Poland. I like very much here. <laughs> Steaks. <laughs> I like very much. <laughs> and the second thing I said, and there is a girlfriend in Poland. And she is probably crying for me every day. I cannot do that to her. Don't tell her this. <laughs> And then after one year, I came back to Poland, 25th of May 
On the 11th of June, 1988, I bought 24 roses, came to her, and I said this, Marisha, would you marry me? And, you know, I was so surprised. She said, yes. <laughs> On the 1st of October, we got married. We've got two boys. They are got married now already. And then we all belong to Christ. <laughs> and then God called me to minister and to start the new church where there's no other churches. In a small city, small community, you didn't say this word, Griffith Shlonsky. And then, and then we went, we started to, to, to reach out to this community. There was no other Protestant churches, nothing, only Catholics in Poland. You know how it is. And then God saved two ladies from Jehovah Witness organization. That's how the church started. And then the church grew up to 11 ladies. And I said, God, I need men. Am I blessed among ladies? I need men. <laughs> and God started to to save men, and I never forget it. You never know what God can do through your life. After one of the prayer meeting, we were meeting every day at six to seven, just with a few of us. We were praying for revival in this town, 8,500 people in this town. And then I'm, I'm driving in my town, this is a city hall, and the square around, and I'm driving, making some loops around, and I see men already in the morning, drunk, waiting for another occasion to get the money and drink. So what do you do? What will you do? You will be praying. That's what I was doing. I was praying in the car. I was weeping. I said, God, please change their lives. Let them be free. Set them free. Touch their lives. I'm in the car. And I hear the voice speaking to me. You do that. I stopped the car. Came out from the car. And started to talk to those people. And I told them, there's a new hope for your life. You don't have to stay here for the rest of your life. You don't have the written in the bag, forever alcoholic. You don't have the written in the bag, forever drug addicted. And that's how I started ministry called New Hope Ministry, reaching out to alcoholics, prisoners, homeless, former mafia people, drug addicted, prostitutes, all those kind of people that nobody wanted to have a fellowship with them. And that became my church. Yeah. Why? Because somebody was willing to pay the price. If you're willing to pay the price, listen, you never know whose life you can be touched. And that person can bring hundreds and hundreds to the Lord because of you, because of your life. Everything what I'm telling you is to having passion for Jesus and compassion for the lost people. Amen. I remember one day I came to the mayor who became a good friend of mine. And then uh, I tried to prove what I'm doing. I said, you know, we help poor people. We feed the people. We give clothes to the people. And then and I'm having a friend of mine. And he looks at me and said, Marek, you don't have to prove anything. What do you need? I said, I need the square. He said, you got it. 
every week we are on the square in our town, witnessing to the people, singing songs, giving testimonies, and giving food for the people. And then he said this, I see this man that you brought with me. I know him. I knew him before. Who was this man? 17 years an alcoholic. Six years in the prison. One year, non-stop drunk. He doesn't remember the whole year. It is like a blank year in his life. He was walking in our street. Had delirium and alcoholics epilepsy. He didn't have any hope. Begging people for money. And the one man stopped him and said, you, you want to be free? He said, yeah, why not? Sure. He took him to the car. Took him all the way to another city and told him these words. Pray your own words. He came to the small chapel. Kneel down. And then started to pray. So he praying, our father, our be thy name. He forgot that prayer. Then he remembered the prayer to Mary. He started to pray to Mary. He forgot that prayer. Then he said, there's another prayer, the angel, my guide. So he started to pray this another prayer, the Catholic prayer. He forgot that prayer. And he looked around and he said this, God, I don't know if you really exist, but I don't want to live in this way anymore. Change my life. And then he said this, something happened in that moment. I didn't have any symptoms of alcoholics, epilepsy. I didn't have any symptoms of delirium, shaking. I was only weak and I wanted to go to bed and sleep. And I got totally free, instantly, from the bandage of alcoholism. Amen. It's not only that. It's not only that what God is doing. He came to, Paul, to, to my town. He had to go to prison because of the past sins. You know, God forgives, the court doesn't. <laughs> so I'm taking him to the prison. I'm coming to the director of the prison and said, Director, this man, he's changed. He looked at me and says, Pastor, all of them when they come here, they are changed. I said, no, really, he's changed. Okay. And I said, I need to come to this prison at least three times a week. He said, no problem. In fact, I will make you that you will be a chaplain in the prison as a volunteer. So I started to come to the prison to visit him. And then uh, while he was in the prison, he was bringing other prisoners to the Lord. We started the prison ministry. In six months, 11 prisoners came to the Lord. He came out from the prison. He remarried to the same wife that he was divorced. And he became my assistant. A few years ago, we lay hands on him, him and his wife, and we sent him to another church to pastor the church. He's a pastor today. He is the pastor of the church that my father planted when he came back from Siberia. There is power in your testimony. And God can use your testimony wherever you go. Don't hesitate. Never stop. 
Use every occasion. Because this is your time. This is the Kairos time that God gives you. The opportunity and it will pass. It will never come back. God gives us all kinds of opportunities. So we can use our testimony. And I, you know, I didn't know that God will call me to ministry. I didn't know that God will use me this way. But, but one day when I was in Hawaii, you know Hawaii? I was in Hawaii, Haga Institute, I, I, there was such a great school, 10 days, and then and I saw everything was like high-tech, you know, TV plasma, TV plasma, and the theme of the teaching. And then all of a sudden, God is speaking to me, how about this kind of the place in Poland? I said, okay, God, let it be. <laughs> so I came back to Poland, I saw this old barn by my my church building, so I lay hands on this barn, I walk around, you know, name it and claim it, and I, I mean, I did all kind of this stuff, you know, and then, uh, and then I was in a small church ministering, and there was one lady, she looked at me, and then she said, uh, she was crying, the whole service, she said, you need to meet my husband, I said, I can't, I can't, next year, next day I came, we came to this place, me and Marisha, uh, he came to pick us up from one house, and then he was so skinny, dirty. Those sneakers, you know, those, I mean, sh pants, 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 jeans, those with the holes, but not holes, the fancy holes like you have now, you know? <laughs> no, those holes are, were different. <laughs> they were dirty, and the sneakers were dirty, you know? T-shirt was holes, everything. And then, and then he's bringing me to the car, Honda Civic, 13 years old, dirty, everything, all kind of the pipes, everything. And then Marisha, she looks at me, and you know, if you know Marisha, she likes everything. Hmm. <laughs> Marek, are you sure God told you that we're supposed to go there? I said, yes, I think so. <laughs> we came to this home, and then I went to the garden. He was doing barbecue, this, this, this barbecue fire. And remember the World War II? I said, in Poland, we have a more fancy, those, those fireplaces. And he used wood. I said, we use coal. And then they, he said, oh, the wood is much better. I said, OK. So you, he's, he's doing the barbecue fish, halibut and salmon. I said, you bought it here in Texas? He said, oh, no, 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 in Texas. I caught it in Alaska. I said, oh, OK. <laughs> and, and I'm sharing my heart. I said, God taught me to have the mission center that I can bring people, pastors, leaders. And then he, he doesn't say any word. And when I finished this, he said to me this, God spoke to my heart to do the project in Poland. Whenever you will be ready, I will be ready. Amen. I came back to Poland, came to this man who owned this barn, and I said, so we make a deal. We were talking about it for two years. And he's telling me this, I'm not going to sell it to you. I said, what? No, I'm not going to sell it to you. But you told me that you will. I changed my mind. I said, then you will not sell this place ever. No. This barn is still standing by our church building. Not sold. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Maybe it's waiting for us again. <laughs> so I couldn't sleep the whole night. Next day, I came to the church. It was Wednesday night. And one lady, she came to me. She said, Pastor, 
why don't you buy our hotel? I said, is it for sale? She said, yeah, two years. We put in the internet to sell it, we cannot sell it. We've got this place. I called to this man, I said, I've got this place. He said, what kind of place is this? I said, this is Mafia Hotel. This place was surrounded by 120 policemen, helicopters, snipers, to get the mafia people out of this place. Something that was used for evil now belongs to us. And we have the beautiful retreat place that we turn it, and it's used for God's glory. We have pastor conferences, all kinds of the meetings that we do, so we can equip people. And then this year, I know also why we've got this place. Because when, when the war started, and I had the vision about the war. I saw the vision of the waves coming to our church. God told me, don't, don't limit me with the territory where the people will come to you. And after that vision that I saw in the church of waves coming to my church, it was, it was a long story. I don't want to keep you so long, but I want you to eat lunch at home <laughs> or in the restaurant, but whatever. <laughs> and then... Uh, after this vision that God gave me, a few weeks later, the war started. And we were the first that we received over 30 children and mothers, all refugees and orphanage children, that they stayed with us in our place for almost six months. We fed them, we, we gave them clothes, we were keeping them, we provided everything for them. And if that place, this mission center, this ex-mafia hotel, was just for that person, purpose, it was worthy. Amen. We have over 200, over 200 refugees from Ukraine that came to us, and we provided for them everything. Some of those stories are incredible. And I want to say thank you so much what you have done for our nations. We received over 8 million refugees to our nations from the February 24th. So many of them went through that tough life. I want to tell you just one story, and I want to tell you this. Wherever you go, use your testimony. Reach those who are lost. Reach out to those. Tell them that there's hope in their life. There was one lady. She, was, uh, she came out from the house to the garden. The Russian tank came and blew up her house. She lost everything. She grabbed the plastic bag. She came to our place, 82 years old lady. So I'm sitting and having pierogi <laughs> with her. <laughs> and I said, how did you come here? That's what she told me. And then, uh, so I, I said, I will find a place for you. So I called to my friend who's a leader in one of the church up in the north from us. I said, can you receive her? Sure, I can. He came, he took her, and then he's calling me. He says, Marek, she's so sweet lady. She's so humble. But you know what's happening? Every day at 5 in the morning, she comes out, staying by the gate, and I tell her, why are you, why, what are you doing? She said, I'm ready to go home. I said, but you don't have anybody over there. <coughs> You don't have any family, you don't have any house, nothing. She says, but that's my home. That's my home. So, uh, so, so she stayed with them, then he called me again. She says, Marek, it's amazing. 
she gave her life to Christ. She got saved, 82 years old. And he said, I baptized her with water. And the next two weeks passed. He said, Marek, this precious sister went to be with the Lord. What a way home, going home. It's amazing. It's amazing what God is doing. And then we, we're helping those, those people. We're providing for them. We're receiving them. I don't know how long it will continue in Poland. You don't hear those stuff in the news. But I tell you, that's a tragedy what they go through. And I thank you so much that you are part of that. And I want to encourage you today. Wherever you go, look for the opportunity to reach out those who are lost. Why? Because there is power in your testimony. There is power in your testimony. And may God use you wherever you go. Amen? Amen, Amen Pastor. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I hope this has encouraged you as much as it encouraged me. Last night, this is amazing. I mean, just, just, we felt like so refreshed and so put back on course again. Amen. I don't know if you feel the same way. I hope that you do. I hope this has touched your heart. But um, I'm here right now to receive an offering. And you know how it is when we have a guest speaker here, we never send them away empty-handed. And I pray that you will search your heart right now. You will, you will ask the Holy Spirit what part that you should play. Now, it's easy to live in this nation. Okay, well, times are tough. Yeah, times are tough here. But still, for us who are believers, for us who are really Bible-believing, born-again, spirit-filled individuals, it's still easy for us to live in this nation. Um, I don't know what would happen if we would have to go through some of these things. I know the grace of God would be there for us. But we live our lives here in the United States, and I don't apologize for that. This is where God has placed us and where God's planted us. But sometimes we're so unaware of what's going on in the rest of the world. Because like Pastor Marek said, the news is not picking up anymore, the stuff that happened. Uh, in the beginning of this year, when the war first break up, broke out, it was all over the news. Now you very rarely hear much about it anymore. But the, the tragedy is still ongoing. And, you know, whatever side you pick and who's right and who's wrong, the, the point is it doesn't matter who's right is wrong. There are innocent individuals whose lives are being destroyed. And this is the opportunity that the church, the real church, the body of Christ, has an opportunity right now to support, to sponsor, to get behind and, and show, show that our hearts are here with you. And you probably sat here today, and some of you must have said, well, how did, how did Pastor get hooked up with this guy? all the way from Poland, and I'll tell you what happened, and uh, you may have heard us mention this throughout this past year, as soon as the war broke out, literally the day after the war broke out, I knew in my heart, we need to do something here. Knowing the history of that area, knowing how volatile the situation was, I knew this isn't going to be like Putin expected, like you said, five days and that was the end of the war. No, it doesn't happen that way, not in that part of the world. And so we knew it was going to be long term. So I immediately contacted a uh, person that's our regional director. Say, well, I didn't even know we belonged to anything. Well, there's a, a loose association of churches from the Bible school that we graduated from. 
from Raymond Bible Training Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I called our regional director, who's located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He's responsible for all of the Raymond churches in the Northeast. And it's Pastor Sam Smucker. He was here to preach here just before the pandemic a few years ago. And I said to him, Pastor Sam, uh, we want to hook up with somebody that's behind the scenes over there uh, in Poland or if we have someone in Ukraine or wherever. And he, without hesitation, he said, I've got the man for you. I'll send you the information. He said, this is a man of integrity. This is a man of honesty. And uh, that was when we connected. And uh, immediately, without receiving an offering, we immediately sent the check for $5,000. We followed it up with others I've forgotten at this point how many times we've sent money there. But every single time, Pastor Marek has sent back a report showing us this is what we did with the money. This is what we helped him purchase a vehicle, which you're picking up. December the 6th, you'll pick up that vehicle. So because they're having to do much more work with the refugees and even just reaching, uh, even if we help him reach the region that he's in, um, Jesus is coming back soon. You know, we live our lives like he's like nothing's going. No, he's coming back soon. And the one thing that we're going to be held accountable for is not how much money we made, not how many houses we bought, not how many cars we bought, how many souls that we impact. Because that's the only thing you and I can take to heaven with us is souls. It's people. It's not things, okay? So we've been supporting, been connected, and I, I wanted to extend the invitation to Pastor Mary to come here so that you would get to hear his heart one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm satisfied that we've accomplished that here today. But here's what we're doing. This offering we're receiving is not to pay him to come here. This offering that we're receiving is making an investment in the ministry that God has called him to. Listen, I personally, you've seen, if you've been in this church for any length of time, in 25 years, I think once I went to preach at somebody else's church. And I think that was before the church started. I don't even think it was. I do not feel any calling from God to go travel to this church and travel to that. It's not my calling. I'm very satisfied here with the sheep that God has given me. I feel like this is, this is my mission field, okay? But I know that we need to support others. If I'm not called, or maybe some of you may be called to go, and some of you, who knows, maybe we'll put a trip together someday and send the whole team to help you out there. Uh, we don't know. We're, we're open to do whatever because we've done that in the past. But we can't all go, but we can all send somebody. We can all support somebody. Now, I would just tell you this. I had 38 years' experience as being a Christian. And I know some of you could say the same thing today and share this testimony. It seems like when you make an investment and you give an offering to a ministry that is ministering to the poor, to the lost, to the homeless, to the people that are beat down, it seems like there is a special blessing on that. Because what you're doing is we're investing in what God's heart is. And God's heart is this, that the lost be saved, that the saved be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that those that are filled with the Holy Spirit would grow up spiritually. That is God's heart in a nutshell. That is the gospel. That is discipleship in a nutshell. So I'm asking you to please, you listen to the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And let him speak to you about what part you're to play. Now, if you're going to give, a, if you're going to write out a check, write out the check to New Beginnings because at the end of the weekend, we take all of the all of the offerings and put them together in one big check, and we'll present it to to Pastor Merrick. 
the same way that you're giving our church offerings, whether it's online or whether it's by text or whether you're, you're going to use the phone app, uh, our, our, our church app, or whether you're going to fill out an envelope there, please would you go ahead and do that now, okay? If you're going to give online, like I said, you could just go ahead and give online. There's always a special place there for guest ministers, and you could do that today. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but I feel recharged. I feel like, wow, let's get our focus back on what we're supposed to do. Look, we've been through a tough two years, okay? And it ain't over. And honestly, from this point, people say, well, everything's going to get great again. Listen to me. It doesn't get better from this point. The world is just going to continue doing what it's doing. The world is going to continue going downhill. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. And when he gets here, he's going to straighten everything out. And when he gets here, things will turn around. But in the meantime, what your business is and my business is this. Let's get as many people into the kingdom of God as possible. Now. Now. Before Jesus returns for the church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you would touch the heart of every individual here. Lord God... We know that it's your desire for us to be involved in investing in Pastor Marek's ministry. Father, we pray right now that you'll speak to each one of our hearts and give us direction, Father. Lord, you said in Proverbs chapter 3 that if we would acknowledge you in all of our ways, that you would direct our path. Father, we're acknowledging you that we want to hear from you. What part would you have us individually? and corporately as a church to play. Lord, we want to have a stake. We want to have a part in every person that Pastor Marek's church and ministry ministers to, every homeless person, every refugee, every child, Lord, that's given a toy or clothing or food. Father, we want to have a part in that. We want to be able to someday, Father, stand in heaven and someone come that we've never met before on the earth and say, Thank you for investing. Thank you because you sowed, because you gave an offering. I had a place to live. I had clothes to wear. I had food to eat. Father, thank you for giving us the ability, Lord God, to be able to sow into this offering today. And, Lord, we bless you for everything that you've done in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ushers, go ahead, please, and receive that offering. Now, can I have your book? Okay, the book table's out there. There's a couple different ways that you can purchase this. Obviously, you can pay cash. You can, when you get out the, at the book table, they'll explain it to you. Please, would you consider picking up one of these and, and making it a gift to someone? Um, if you have somebody in your life that, that loves to study history, this is going to get their attention. If you have somebody in your life that comes from an Eastern European background, they're going to understand this, and it's going to touch their hearts. And this is a way that you can evangelize. And just by giving a gift, give, a, give the person a gift. Read it first. Don't mess up the pages so it doesn't look used. <laughs> and then give it to somebody else. Amen? You'd be surprised with stuff like, why? Because like Pastor Marek said today, your testimony is powerful. And the testimony that comes from this book is powerful. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Don't forget, if you have Latino family members, friends, neighbors, coworkers, 
Tell them about the Spanish service that we've launched. Iglesia Nueva Esperanza meets every Sunday at 3 o'clock right here in this building. We do have child care available. It's just like New Beginnings, but in Spanish. Amen? Amen? Why? Because our community deserves to hear the word of God in their language. Our brothers and sisters in the Lord, those that are not yet our brothers and sisters in the Lord, they deserve to have the gospel be brought to them in a way that they can understand with the cultural innuendos that will cause them to have their heart open to the word of God. Amen? So it's every Sunday at what time? Okay, good. Amen? Why don't you stand up? Father, thank you so much. Lord, I pray your blessing upon every person that's here today, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for constantly moving in our lives. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, myself, my family included, God, that even this day you would give us divine appointments, Father, that you would put someone on our path that would be able to share your love, our testimony, and the word of God so that they could come to you, Father, and be reconciled unto you. We trust you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, listen, if you need prayer for anything, you came here today and you want to receive prayer for anything, please don't just go. Come up here. There's people up here that will pray for you, and you can go home and have peace of mind today. Amen? Amen. God bless you.